This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Regular viewers of the Under the Cost YouTube channel know, yes, I am a dedicated follower of fashion and without a shadow, the most dapper member of the Under the Cost team, which is why I've been given the honour and the privilege of passing on a special message from Stitch Fix. Now, if you don't know what Stitch Fix is, well, let me tell you, Stitch Fix is the online personal styling service, yes, where the expert stylist picks clothes just for you based on your taste, your size, your budget and they send them straight to your door. How about that? You know, maybe you're one of these, you just can't find the right clobber. You know, it happens to the best of us. I'm, luckily, I've got the eye. But I know there's people out there that haven't, and they need a helping hand. And that's where Stitch Fix comes in. It's really easy. All you're going to do is fill out a quick style quiz about your clothing preference on the Simple To Use website, pick your delivery date, and then it's all over to the stylist. We'll hand select and send you five items of clothing in your preferred fit. All you're going to do then, try them on. Check yourself out in mirror, bit of strutting in bedroom, and then decide which ones you want to buy. The ones you don't like, just send them back. Send the buggers back, simple as that. There's a £10 charge for the stylist, but delivery and returns are absolutely free. Dead easy, and what it does mean, no more trawling through websites, no more trawling around shop, trawling around for hours on end. No need to do that, someone's picking your clothes out for you. They've got loads of great brands available as well, as well as their own exclusive range. You pay just £10 for the expert to pick out your gear that best suits you. And you can even, get this, you can even redeem that £10 against all the items that you decide to keep. And, get this, it gets better... If you keep all five items that they pick out for you, you get 20% off. How about that? You don't even have to subscribe if you don't want to. You can order one-off deliveries whenever you like. All you're going to do to get started with Stitch Fix today is go to stitchfix.co.uk slash kosh. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot forward slash kosh. And get started with Stitch Fix today. Just think, when you go down quiz on Thursday with all your new clobber on, eh? Sandra and Janice at bar, hang you up. Oh, they'll burn them off you. Oh. How we doing? We're back. Are oh, we starting? Yes. We're still, we've we're only been off a week. We've only been off a week, haven't we? We're back. People might think we might not be able to make it. Pandemic. Technological advances are, um, are seeing us through. Yes, it's. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it's well out of my comfort zone. This malarkey. Yeah. So do we want to just let? Well, basically, what we're doing is we're doing the intro for today's uh, today's podcast on Zoom. Yeah, we're doing it via via video link. You might be thinking, uh, well, why did they not just record the uh, the intro? Well, so we're doing the podcast. Uh, 
And it's a very good question. Why didn't we do that, lads? <laughs> right, time. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, the kitchen was shutting. Yeah, oh, that we need yeah. Last we orders, need to, wasn't it? Yeah. We, need to, we need to order some snap, didn't we? But we, we like to be unconventional, don't we? You look the part, though. Well, it's nice to be able to relax in your dressing gown, isn't it? You know what I mean? You're a natural. The old, uh, the old, co- the old cock and balls are swinging out under the, <laughs> off the chair. Job done. By the way, I've been spreading fake news. Oh, why? Simon Ramsden had a tattoo on his ball bag, not his foreskin. Oh, oh, yeah, we've I've seen it as well. To be fair, the the actual photo when he's getting it done, he looks like he's actually quite enjoying it in a perverse sort of way, doesn't it? Yeah, he looks like he's uh, incoherent. It's like the old way you'd be thinking he's oh, squincing and whatever. He's mate. Would it hurt that much on the scrotum? You know, if you pulled it. I'll tell you what then, you'll get your off the charts throwing some darts at yours. <laughs> <laughs> you'll let us know, won't you? Here we are, in solitary confinement. Yeah, in his own houses. We're hoping it works really well and we can do them all like this and then we never have to see each other again. That'd be fantastic for you, wouldn't it, Chris? I'm quite enjoying this, social distancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never I'll be honest that. with you. I'm starting, to get, I'm starting to get a bit fucking pissed off with it now, I'll be so, honest yeah, with yeah. you. You know what I yeah. mean? You, f- you think it's good, don't you? Like, oh, every week watching Netflix and and uh, and taking, get, shutting yourself away from outside world, but it's not good. Not good. You're a social fiend, aren't you? I am. I tell you what, I was talking about last night with the old uh, missile, right? Do you know? Basically, we're in Big Brother, aren't we? You know, his own version of Big Brother. Yeah. But if you think you're in Big Brother with eleven people, you don't know. You've got no television, no phone, or oh, it's giving me an all new perspective of how, how hard it must be in Big Brother. Imagine you've got, <laughs> unless you've got your, your neighbours looking in on you, it's not, you haven't got 12 million people watching, have you? No. Imagine <laughs> yeah. There's no one around the end either. Imagine <laughs> being in there for a month with no telly, no phone. I'm doing it, I'm doing at least 12 hours a day on my phone. Yeah. I've, I, I'm going the other way. I've never been to a Zelfie. Have, you, Have not? you not? I'm eating well. I'm, I've been out every day for a run. Cause it's your only opportunity to get out of the house. What time did you get to bed last night? Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's best time to run at middle of night, isn't it? Well, I've been on here socialising with everyone. You don't usually see that often. Quizzes have been going and everything. I've been loving it. Not just, a normal, not, not just a normal quiz, though, is it? Oh no, it's fancy dress. You've got to go, they all works. Who does a fancy dress quiz in their own house <laughs> on the internet? I could live like this all the time. I'll tell you yeah. what I have done. Over 30 miles of walking this week. Brilliant, isn't it? I, it's Mintonius. Mintabulous. <laughs> As old Normans uh, Yeah, th- over 30 miles I've done. You're only meant to do an hour a day. I know, it's a fast walk. You know, it's like... <laughs> PC Brown here, fuck yeah. off. Health Minister. <laughs> Wildlife's coming out because there's no cars. I saw, I saw a rabbit and three rats today on my run. Did you really? Did. Honest truth. <laughs> I, go, I, I go through golf course. There were a family of four having a picnic in one at Bunkers. <laughs> Honestly, I swear down. Not one at Bunkers. Down. <laughs> maybe on maybe on maybe on maybe on one at T's, but not bunker. It bunker. Well, well, 
Can't go seaside at weekend. Get them valley nets. Are you getting paranoid Jesus. yet? When a cop car drives past you, just do just do stretching or do summer. I was out walking with a little yeah. and I shit my pants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always got a text for emergency paper when you go on the walks. A tennis racket or something. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, the the guy at my local garage must think that he must he must think I'm like I'm like fucking Gaza. He must be thinking, I'm sure you bought 12 cans of lager yesterday. You can't even blame anybody else either. You can't say it's for you. I know, yeah. I know. Have you not been booked by him? I bought 20 yesterday. I'm going to have to go back again tomorrow. (laughs) No else to do, is there? What's your nightwear attire consist of, Johnny? I've just got got my dressing gown all up. Are you hanging loose under there? Oh, aye. Of course I am. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, very comfortable. I would tell you, very comfortable. I knew that already, to be honest. Do you get dressed up garage or just pop your slippers on? I've been walking dog in my jammer bottoms. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't think I. I think we're in for the long haul. By the way, chaps, I don't think it's going to be stopping anytime soon. No, they're seeing June, aren't they? Well, we're doing our best. We still might be able to get get a guest on through this medium. Yeah, well, we'll try as best, won't we? I think. Uh, I think we should be able to should be able to sort some attacks, shouldn't we? In the face of adversity. Yes, that's exactly it. But what we got today, anyway? <laughs> Glenn Little. Oh yes, I enjoy Glenn's. It's a two-parter. Is it fucking really? That's not because we're really struggling for guests or out, is it? That's no, just no, it, but... no. It, it to be fair, it'd be a two-parter anyway. Once we got into it, it's it's a good one. Yeah, we've got a Stan Turner Eddie who's just been put into the group straight away. Top ten. Oh, easy. The elaborate, elaborate is it? Is it up to the elaborate eleven? Is it? He definitely didn't know my name either. I was. Um, he was telling. He was. He, he was actually saying that his memory's terrible apart from football. He said I could name off every game, every score, and every goal scorer of the Redden promotion season. What's your name again, Pal in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> I went, I know you're forgetting my name, haven't you? And he just carried on what he was saying. He didn't even... <laughs> Are you coping all right, Chris? I'm all right. Indoors? Never walked as much. Yeah. It's been a lockdown since he retired, him. Yeah. Just every normal day for me, this. <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> I'm fucked for that. <laughs> I fuck, can you me? I can hear you. I can't see you. Oh, what fucking hell? What's happened now? She's gone to bed and all. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, what's happening? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm still here, Anna. I'm still here. We can hear you. We just can't see you. <laughs> that's, probably not too, that's probably not a bad thing, to be honest, because I'm getting a bit sweaty, so I'm just about to take the dressing gown off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn, should we get him out? Alright, I'll get him in now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a knock. He's still 20 minutes away, but his nose has just hit the door. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Glenn. Enjoy. Enjoy, yeah. Uh, Cheerio. Well, I'm saying cheerio. I'm not even fucking here, am I? (laughs) Right, lads.
Going well? How are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, right, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on, Paul. Yeah, yeah. no problems. On us travels again, aren't we? Yeah. I don't even know where we are. Where are we? Yeah, yeah Morton and Marsh. Sun's out. We've had a bit of bit of rain, but sun's out. So you picked a nice day for it. Nice setting. So Lovely part of the yeah, We'll have some Still good stories. Morton in Marshes. We just follow the sat nav, didn't yeah. we? As, Cot- a, as Cotswolds ever. the end. It's Cotswolds, it? yeah. Ooh, not not bad. Nice. Yeah, not fair. Nice. I, I didn't used to live far from here. Middle of really. nowhere. Where, what? Stroud. I had two Boys, years in Stroud. Stroud. From the former yeah. screen, yeah. When yeah. Parky yeah. sold, um, sold his soul for the money. That's yeah. the third time he's mentioned that. I went for the football experience. I went to try and make myself a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Just never never materialised. That's the quickest I've ever seen somebody drink a coffee either. Yeah, it's not like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, laughing me up there. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, spoke to Blakey on the way down, Robbie Blake. Yeah, there's, there's a name from the past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, strangely enough, though, he's Robbie and I'm Blakey. It was at Burnley. So, where's that come from? Bit strange. Well, my nickname was Blakey from the on the buses. You, yeah, you lot should remember it, yeah. but because you're a bit older. But back in the day, that was my nickname, and it sort of went from Crystal Palace when I was a youngster all the way through my career so at Burnley Robbie turned up he had to be Robbie because there was already already a Blakey Blakey, yeah Yeah. the only one yeah Blakey Blakey thought why is the gaffer I've just signed for a million quid and the gaffer's always on my back (laughs) and I was like no that's me Blakey (laughs) (laughs) I said but just wait a while he'll come for you as well and he did we've stand yeah so he had had a bit of a honeymoon period but then yeah Robbie soon got on his back as well yeah what you was get he like? Yeah, well, well, with Stan, it was just something I, you just can't really believe how, how especially the day is now with a game in this day and age that things happen. But at the time, you're just thinking, well, this is normal. normal. You, you just went along with it. And you'd heard stories what it was like at Berry. So when, we, um, when he got the job, everyone sort of knew what to expect. But until you, you live it every day, it's just with Stan, it was a roller coaster and a good one. I've though. had a lot. Well, it was up and down. So I don't know about you. Yeah, mate, yeah, you got off a couple of times and felt sick. I tell you that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was just strange how it. And then ever since I've left, and I had other clubs after, you actually realised it was just it was a one-off. Yeah. It was just it's just with Stan, and I'd had quite a tough upbringing at Crystal Palace, which had a lot of characters, a lot of big tough characters that were old school. So it was times in training, you'd see quite a few fights, you'd see the, the rows in the dressing room. So I always bold? said, no, well, well, not at 17, no. <laughs> <laughs> As the, I was a cocky little fucker, they used to say, even at 17. <laughs> I, I remember uh, the, the, the first year I was actually there as an apprentice, I, I was out the whole year, I had a broken leg. So I was out for two years, really. The, I went from 15, yeah, to 16, had a broken leg. Then, and then I came back after about eight months, broke my leg again, same place. Just they said it was a bit of a freak. So I just said, right, get it right. I'm going to do the whole first year apprenticeship. I just won't play. And then I'll just come back for the second year. So I was basically just the dog's body. I was doing everything. I was just helping the kit man with everything. 
I was stood behind the goals in the freezing cold, just getting balls out out the the ditch, out the back of the training ground, out the bushes, freezing freezing cold. Because back in them days, you'd be shivering. You never had any kit as an apprentice. You're out there t-shirt, <laughs> just socks with holes in it. <laughs> yeah, really so yeah, it was buck to gear. It was uh, I can remember, but yeah, you were scrambling around just to get any training kit. So I, I was just the the dog's body, and I the, the best thing about it was lunch for me. I love, I love my food so I'd get in and I'd be sitting on first thing table when he first to eat my lunch and, and the amount of first thing players that would come in and say fucking hell look at him he's, he's not even played all season broken leg and he's, he's sat on the first team table eating lunch and they used to say to the youth team manager uh, he's a cocky little fucker isn't he and the youth team manager said yeah it'll go far wouldn't he and they were probably like yeah yeah so, so yeah once I went far but I suppose I did alright so like I said, I had a bit of a tough, tough upbringing at Palace, but then Stan, having um, Adrian Eve signed me at Burnley, lasted six months and then he left. I got to the end of the season, been a bit stop-start, didn't play too much, sub and had a few had a few games. And then end of the season, he said, look, you've come in from Ireland. So he said, now you've seen what it's like, you know the club, you know the players, come back, have a proper pre-season and then you'll start next year. So, okay, thanks, Inchy. I was on holiday and picked up the paper and I've seen Inchy left to Everton with Al Kendall. So I thought, oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris Waddle then comes in. And Chris Waddle came in, yeah. Only management job he had and yeah, he came in. Man. Well, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can. <laughs> because he never played me at the start. He came in, he, he made five or six signings, never played me all the way up until Christmas. And and then we were bottom of the league, finally gave me a go and, and then that started my Burnley career. We ended yeah. up staying up on the last day and, and the rest is history, they say. Did so Roder give you some Clem Roder, it was it well it was we had the best management ever in League One. We had Chris Waddle, um Glenn Roder assistant, Gordon Cowan's reserve team manager and Chris Wood's goalkeeping coach. And the first interview, um Chris Waddle said yeah, we've been in this division a minute too long as it is and we're going to take them out of it. And they nearly did. But... The wrong think, way. <laughs> yeah, it was the wrong way. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, nearly took us into League Two. So, so I don't know why, but the, they had a supporters meeting and I think a few fans just said, why why isn't Glenn Little playing? And Glenn Roder piped up and said, um, because he can't lace Chris Waddle's boots because Waddle was actually still playing. He... He was in and out. He, he he was playing left wing, right wing. He put himself up front at times. He even went sweeper. He tried to <laughs> go. He go five at the back, played a sweeper role. So to this day, Burnley fans still talk about it, and they aren't happy. They still say it's a disgrace. But to me, it never bothered me. I I, I got to be honest. I love Chris Waddle as a player, and I wouldn't say I modelled myself on him. But the the irony of it is, is that the the chief scout at Burnley. Clive Middlemass, he come and watched me in Ireland and when I came over to sign for Burnley, he said about you, he said, I saw you play in a game, midweek game, and he said, I just thought, I've seen the next Chris Waddle. You have the mullet going on? Yeah, I didn't have the mullet, but he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, I've, I've found the next Chris Waddle. So I thought, oh, so everyone thought he'd love me. He come in, yeah, you play like him, that winger, he looks like he's knackered after five minutes and then gets the ball and, and he, off he goes, beating two or three men. So, I thought this was good and then like I said he never played me but I've never had a problem with, with Chris Waddle I didn't mind him and when I got my chance it actually went really well and we all thought like I said we stayed up 
we, we would have been from Christmas maybe pushing for the playoffs. So everyone thought, right, he knows the right team to pick. He knows the players now, maybe a bit of an experienced manager our first season, but he's learned and then we'll be right next season. And then again, I'm on holiday and he leaves. So I've already seen off two managers and I've only been there a year and a bit. And then, and then, like I said, the fun and game started with Stan coming in. <laughs> what were you like as a manager, Waddle, in comparison to, to Turner? He, just, he, he was inexperienced, I think you showed that, but he, he never seemed... The one thing that you did notice, he never seemed that it mattered too much. He, he's lived in Sheffield, so he, he was travelling in and... You, you always felt Rhoda was the one doing the team talks, right? Come on, he'd try and give you a bit of advice. Waddle, very easy, Ozzy, just not really... Like he was a player, not really. really <laughs> yeah, not really a man management, wouldn't really talk to anyone. He was quite quiet <laughs> and and that that was it, really. And because it didn't go well, whether if he had a stayed, like I said, I was a bit disappointed he left because I thought, right, we figured it out now. And the one thing I took from him, he said about the bravery, you're struggling... But you got to want the ball still. Mm. And with that Turf Moor crowd, when there's 10,000 and you're losing and the boos are starting after five minutes, he said, you've got to be brave. And that's, that's what it's all about. Do you want the ball with a couple of players around you? And, and so it would have been interesting. If he'd have stayed at Burnley, what, if he'd have, had have improved, could he have yeah. done any good? But I suppose it probably sums up, like I said, did he really give it a real go? Because he never managed... Ever since, yeah, it, it, it uh, wasn't as if he said, "Okay, Burnley, it didn't go my way, I'll, but I'll, I'll get try back again. in somewhere." Again. It just one season, and and that was it. Yeah. That's sickly from Rawder, the winner. Saying yeah, that, but obviously he was a gaffer. You can't wear yeah, this Chris Waddle boots. Yeah, it wasn't. Job, it keep... wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but in fairness, I, I could see what he <laughs> what he meant because Waddle was a great player. <laughs> but yeah, saying it about a young player, and Burnley was yeah. they did love their young players, and there was a core. When I first signed, there was five of us. There was me, Paul Weller, Andy Cook, Chris Brass, and Paul Smith. And I think Burnley were hoping these five youngsters, all sort of twenty-one and under, they were going to be the future of the club. And so to say it about someone who signed hadn't really played, and then you're, you're saying that. But again, yeah. it never really bothered me. I, I, I've seen Glenn Roder over the years and spoke to him. Ne- never had a problem. Get on, get on fine with Glenn. I've got to be honest, he isn't the most popular person. <laughs> I'm in Burnley. There were quite a few players <laughs> who didn't like him. But, but that, that's football, isn't it? So, yeah, again, one season. If, if they had had longer, could they have kicked on? Yeah. Uh, we'll never know. But then they went for someone, tried and tested the the man who was down the road at Berry, who Burnley looked on as just small fry, just a bit of a, a poor club, yet Burnley were in League One struggling with 10,000 and Berry were in the championship, yeah, gone from yeah. League Two, League One in the championship. And they'd seen what Stan had done there and thought, let's get him in here. Stan lived in Burnley as well, loved the club. So they thought, right, this is the man. And they, they were spot on. It, it, like I said, there was a few bumps in the road along the way <laughs> and a few punches thrown <laughs> and a few tea Go cups on, tell gone. Us where <laughs> but, well, when he, the, the, when he first come in, not many people actually know. I'd actually met him before. There, there was a, a reserve manager um, called Harry Wilson at Burnley. We called him Harry the Bastard. People <laughs> used to say, why do you call him Harry the Bastard? And... You'd think, well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should I have to explain that? But I remember I was sat home one afternoon when I wasn't playing under Chris Waddle and he turned up at the door and he said, come on, you're coming with me. And I thought, okay, all right, Harry. So 
We drive around Burnley, we get to this house, down the little side alley, knock on the door, woman answers. Hello, yeah, hello, Harry, yeah, hello, you, Glenn, yeah, okay. In you come, I'm thinking, like, what's, what's up going on here, yeah. So I walk in the front room. You think he's taking you to stand, a knocking shop? Stands in the armchair with a fag. <laughs> hello, son. And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I know when you think, I'd know him from somewhere, but I still don't know who the fuck this is. And I'm in this bloke's house and the wife's come in, yeah, do you want a cup of tea, Glenn? Okay. So then, and then he's talking, and I'm thinking, so I'm, yeah, right, mate, I'm just mate, yeah, right, mate. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to work out, where have I seen him? Where have I seen him? He lives in Burnley, he's in manager. So yeah, I'm thinking, and then he's saying, like, we're struggling at the minute in the championship. I've got, and then he said, I've got Dave Johnson up front, who's got that pace. I think, John, oh, yeah, Barry. This is it, Stan Turnant. <laughs> that's it. And he says, you're the missing piece to the jigsaw. So I'm thinking, oh, right, he's talking about signing me for Berry. So again, I think, well, it's not far down the road and um, I'm going from League One where I can't even get a game. I'll be in the Championship playing. He's saying I'm the missing piece of the jigsaw. So half hour with Stan. Yeah, and, and the last thing he said, he said, how much they want for you? I said, well, I don't know. I said, but they paid 50 grand with 50 for, for the amount of games I played, so it could go up to 100 grand. And he said, don't worry, I'll get you out of there. Oh, okay, okay, Stan, <laughs> see you later. So off I went, this was in about October time, never ever heard from him again. And then I'm playing January, I get my chance under Chris Waddle, played the rest of the season, went really well. And then the next time I see Stan, he walks in and there he goes. He, he actually rung me up and he said, They've offered you a contract. Chris Waddle had offered me a, a contract and then um, I said, go away and think about it. So just go home for the summer. Off I went. And then Chris Waddle got the sack. So now, okay, I, he offered me a contract, but yeah. there's no yeah. manager Does now. So Stan, Stan come in, he said, so he rang me up. He said, yeah, I've got the job. He said, they've offered you this contract, but it's shit. They'd offered me 800 pound a week. And he said, it's shit. I'm going to give you 1100, 1200, 1300 with a 30 grand signing on fee. So I thought, okay, yeah. I'll bet you some facts back down from Spain. I've not even had an agent or anything, and I've gone from 800, new manager, there, there you go, three year deal. Oh, yeah, thanks, Dan, can't wait to get going. <laughs> yeah, so pre season, and then, and then he came in, and it was just. Right, okay, first week went all right, okay, and then we went down to Exeter on, on the pre-season tour, stayed at the uni there, and then it was the fun and games, and then if it, here, here we go, that's when it started, and right, this isn't going to be easy, so, <laughs> just, just, just the train as well, but then we, we had a game on the Saturday, and he said, right, uh, we're going down the pub about seven o'clock and he said, so we're all down the pub, lovely sunny day down Exeter. And he said, you can go out, but you've got to be back by 12. Okay, yeah, so he, off he goes. So eight o'clock, right, let's go into town. So off you go, you're having places, you pop into a few places. And now it's like <laughs> half 10, 11. Well, we've got to be back in an hour. So then once you have a few drinks now, people are, well, we ain't going to, What's going to happen? Not gonna, and they're not going to get back at 12. It's, night's just got going. <laughs> and then a few people, no, there's supposed to be a club down by the riverside. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll pop down there. So now we're in there. 
it got to about one o'clock. I'm, I'm thinking, right, better go now. <laughs> I, 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 weren't, I weren't in a good state, put it that way. <laughs> so, so I've left I've left about six or seven in there. I said, no, nah, I better go. Then ended up falling asleep on this bench in Exeter. <laughs> so waking up, right, I better get back. So now I'm off on this long walk. You couldn't get a cab. So it's what about time 20 minute up? walk. It's about quarter to, to two. <laughs> So I'm, I'm off, I set off this long walk out, out of the Exeter city centre, now just on this, this dark road, it was all the way to the uni. Then out of nowhere, Chris Brash jumps on me back, scares the living daylights out of me, oh, shit myself, Brassy. Then he goes, come on, we better hurry up. I went, Brassy, look, it's nearly two o'clock. I think, I think we'll be fine, Brassy. Like, you're, you're already late, come on, like, let's just settle down. I said, do you actually think he's going to be waiting? So, okay, okay, so we walk across and you come across this big green and you see our building and there was this big wall with this long hedge, about 50 yards it was, it went on for. But we see this light above the door and there's a bit of a shadow. <laughs> it's like so a as we're walking across like a, the, 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 like a the green, thing, I'm, I'm thinking, hey man, is, is someone actually there? <laughs> so through the hedge, there was a little gap by the wall. I, I thought, well, I'm not going to walk up to the far end of the path, 50 yards. I just jump over the wall here. So I get in between hedge. I jump over this wall and, and he's there at the door. <laughs> and he shoved me back. He said, like, what the fuck you doing? He shoved me back over the wall. <laughs> so Brassy's all the way up. Brassy's the goody two shoes. The, he's, he's 21 going on 41. Club skipper at 21. He's one of them Brassy. I can't believe Clyde was the manager. I yeah. can't believe he was stayed out till after twelve. No, well, no, uh, that as well. Maybe Brassy, yeah, he maybe fell asleep because uh, <laughs> I can't believe why he's not there. But you're spooning on that bed. But anyway, I'm, I'm shouting. Up. I said, Brassy. He said, What? I said, He's there. <laughs> I said, Don't worry. I said, Don't worry, Brassy. Let me do the talking. You'll be all right. Come on. So I, I've coming down the path. So we turn. He's fifty. I said, Here we go. We're walking down. I'm, I said, Gaffer, you won't believe it. We're trying to get a cab. He said, Shut the fuck up. You won't play for the club again. Well, I just signed a new deal. A three-year deal. <laughs> what? And he went, and you, club skipper. Yeah, you're finished. You won't play for the club again. So Brassy's <laughs> nearly crying. We go into the rooms. <laughs> Brassy's like, what we're going to do? What we're going to tell Kim? His missus. Like, no, no, what we're going to tell Kim? I said, Brassy, come on. Like, you just signed a new deal. Of course we're going to play. There's a game Tuesday. <laughs> come on, settle down. So as the night goes on, we're up in the rooms, in the dorms, and people are coming back. It's half two, three, and, yeah. and you can hear people with excuses. That There's one boy, this Australian, called Mark Robertson. He's turned up. He's like, come on, Stan. He, he's like, yeah, yeah, come on. No, I'm trying to do an Australian accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going well. Good day, Stan. Like, come on. And, and he's like, fucking Stan. You'll be busking back on Sydney Harbour Bridge. He's like, and, and, and then so everyone's coming in. So we wake up in the morning. Training's been cancelled we're all sat there and Sammy's number two Sam Ellis everyone's like come on Sam look, what's going on people are starting to shit themselves now <laughs> and he's like well there's no training I don't know I don't know and, and so Stan he comes marching out he's got the clipboard he's going through the times like Glenn Glenn Little like 158 Chris Brass 158 he's uh, Mark Robertson Steve Blaverwick 217 he's listing them off he got to half three he said at half three I went to bed and he said Lee Howie Mark Wynn Stanley Neil Moore get your bags fuck off back to Burnley on the train you're finished you never play for the club again so off they went so now what we got a game Tuesday 
there's only four players available to play. Because <laughs> no one's going to play for the club again other than four that stayed in. <laughs> so that was some week in there thinking, hang on a minute, what are we going to do? So he laid the law down. Ronnie Jepson, who he'd brought in, he knew, knew from Berry, Jepo, everyone, Jepo, what's going on? What's, what's going to happen? Has he done this before? And Jepo's like, I don't know, you know what he's like? I'm telling you, I've seen this bit of things like this before. So straight away, it was okay. And then the season started struggling. And then it, it was just it was just an absolute shambles and a mess. So the the, 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 the three actually got sent home. Got, got sent home on the train. I'm trying to think, did they play? A couple of them might not have played. Second chance. Might have had a couple of chances. And then he came out about four games into the season. We had quite a few injuries. Seven or eight injuries. Lost 1-0 at home to York. Shocking result. And he came on the radio and he said... I've told these four players, I think it was Mickey Williams again, Lee Howie, it might have been Steve Blavick, Mark Stanley, that's it. They're, they're, they're finished at the club and they never played again. He come out and all the fans, again, that's unheard of a manager saying that. They always say, don't you, you never never go public when what happened yeah. in the you mention <laughs> players' names and he come out. I was driving home in a car, a car and thought, oh, right. Uh, well, that's them and that was it. That, they, Is that Lee done. Howie or at Newcastle? Lee Howie, Oh, son, no, Steve Howie's brother. brother. Oh. Yeah. So, and and the thing is, Lee Howie, he used to travel up and down. Sometimes I used to let him stay at my house and I needed someone to cook and he'd done a lovely pasta dish. <laughs> so he'd say, it's not if I stay at yours like the Friday night before the game, Glenn. I said, you can stay Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night if, if you're cooking up there every day. So um, he used to go back and forth and he, he was struggling with his back. And I said, well, I'm not surprised you keep two hours in that car doing that travelling but he played and I remember I was injured I'd had probably the hamstring I don't know why I was injured but it was probably a good guess it was my hamstring so I'm out and I said well you're struggling you're back and but he played and then it sort of sometimes so so there's a lesson in it sometimes don't help try and help anyone out if you're not fit then just don't play but there was seven or eight of us we were all sat in the stand and like Lee played and then never played for the club again and had, and had to come in and no train with the, the kids and everything and I had Brassie as my yeah. manager you know at York Did, well, was you know, your manager Brassie 27 he? I he think was, you were yeah. well that sums it up 27 yeah. manager at 27 Brassie, yeah. the only player to break, break his nose with his own Scoring like that own goal in, in his own did goal. Did he break yeah. it? Did he? Yeah, oh. broke, broke his nose. That's on them. One of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say it. It's, yeah. not, it's one of the Tr- best. Tried the overhead kick clearance and <laughs> kicked him best own goal and, and then broke his nose as well. Bro. So yeah, he's supposed to be looked uh, up at the. How I never it? broke my nose. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should have tried that one. Bro. But so yeah, so like I said, the first season was a struggle because we weren't good and and <clears> it. it as it went, it sort of just got worse and worse as we got into it because we were, we were looking like we could go down and and then on the the way home from Bournemouth, it came to it was brewing and brewing and brewing, came to an head. and then it came to a head at Bournemouth where he he was on people's backs. He'd come in and we noticed that after a game we'd come in, we'd already seen a few dressing room things. He'd, the first time we saw it at Gillingham, we lost last minute at Gillingham. And what he used to say, he used to kill you. Because back, back in them days, I don't know whether you ever did it, Parky, but you used to get your car, if you were a Southern boy, oh, yeah, okay, as, yeah. as Burnley, you'd say, a Southern game, I can get home. 
So you'd get the, the physio of our kit man to drive your car down yeah. on the Friday and after the game, off you go. And you say, Gaffer, as long as you asked him, he used to say, as long as you asked me, okay. So you'd say Tuesday, Wednesday, Gaffer, was, all right, if I get my car I drive down, I can shoot off after the game, get home. And he'd say, only if we win. Uh, right, so, <laughs> so this is trappy because I could get my car driven all that way and then have to drive home four hours, drive back to Burnley. So, and when you're not a good team, it's, it's, like, you know, it's a bit of a gamble. So, I've got the car driven down early on in the season, so everything's great. It's early on in the season. Sun was out, we're down at Gillingham, and we get beat last minute too when he comes in, and I'm trying to hide in the corner. And I was actually on the line. They scored from a set place. I'm on the post. They actually hit me in the hand. Boy, I had the free head. He headed it. Hit me on the hand, but went in. I would have been sent off and I keep out. But he, he, I think you can't blame me for that. I'm on the line. But he, he, he's looking for me and he went, and Blakey, you ain't going home. And, and he booted the bin. But what he didn't realise, it was a stone bin at Gillingham in the old days. <laughs> so it never bin. moved. And, and you heard his foot. And I'm trying to laugh. I thought he broke his toe. <laughs> And I, I, so I'm sat there like the naughty school schoolboy when, when you're getting told off by the headmaster. I'm trying not to laugh. Andy Cook's next to me. He's nudging me. He's trying not to laugh. I, my face is going red. I'm thinking, he's done it. So then after, he's had the implosion and I've had to drive back. But he's in the, he's in the shower with the physio getting his, his foot loose. He broke his toe. So we'd already seen the Gillingham with the first time he lost it. And, and then at Bournemouth, we went down there Lost 5-0. And it was so far gone. I think he thought, I've, I've been hammering him. It's brewing, brewing, brewing. And yet we still lost 5-0. Maybe the, the, the I'm on their back. Yeah. It's, this, isn't, this isn't really working, this. Because they just, it's, if I keep hammering them and I keep hammering them and they're still losing and they can't win a game, they're just obviously not good enough. With the lads petrified. Yeah, so, because it's got, it got physical. So, <laughs> so you could have a scrap. So well, you always—it's not—it's not like now. You, you know, in football now, and look, I don't know what's been going on in these these youth teams now, these academies, but there have been. Um, was it the the recent one, Craig Bellamy? I remember. Oh, Cardiff, yeah. Did something happen with Craig Bellamy? Bullying, yeah. and now I look at Craig Bellamy. He's, he's grown up where his youth team manager, like my youth team manager, it it, it was looked at. It's bullying, really. But I just always thought. I lost a youth team game and I'm scared because I'm thinking the youth manager is coming for me. I see players at the Palace youth team get bullied and it was like swearing at effing and blinding at, at sort of 17 year olds. Yeah. So to me, that's just well, mentally it tough. Is. It's just you grow up, you, you either, it's like sink or swim, innit? You're either mentally tough, if you can handle it, if you can't, then you never make it in football. Yeah. But nowadays, it's not bullying, but you, you dig people out, you're on their back, they go home and tell their mum, the mum's <laughs> ringing up the academy and you're getting a sack or whatever. Yeah. So, so with Stan, you always knew, look, look it's, it's in your face. Whereas now, it would be looked at, I'm sure there'd be players now, you would never got away with it now. With Actual the way football is. Gentlemen, hi. How does? Hello. How, does? Uh, how are we doing? Good and good. How does eight craft beers for the price of one London pint sound for you? I like what you've done there, Chrissy. Yeah, you like it. Yeah. What we need to do yeah. is go to right now www.beer52.com/slash/kosh and cover just five pound, just a fiver, 
and you get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as they can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. Back of the net. Oh. What, what more do you need to get, your, get us through these tough times? You know, I've got on Tesco on queue, two metres, one in, one out. Dropped off. No. Nope. On not. your doorstep. That's the get same. Get them in. All oh, right. You don't even have to speak to anybody. Just get the, the the delivery man to knock on your door, leave them on the doorstep. Thanks very much. Disinfectant them when you come in, job done. Get them in the freezer. Quick baby wipe. Yeah, happy days. Don't happy days. Crack it open, sup away. Yeah, uh, I spoke to my accountant the other day and he, he, uh, he's been it for six months. He says he fucking adores it. He says he loves okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the price of one measly London pint, you can be sipping eight totally different craft beers sourced and created by the good folks at Beer 52. Not only that, but they'll drop it off right on your doorstep so you don't even have to leave the house. And if you're looking to stock up on beer, now's your chance, John. I know you're looking to stock up on beer. Yes, I, I could do a delivery, I'll be honest with you. Well, since 2014, Beer 52 have been on a quest to find the best beer money can buy anywhere on the planet. And they're now the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from different parts of the world. Recent themes have included the Alps. Oh, Oof. frosty number. Oh, New Zealand. I'll call it Evian. The USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Do they still send the Ferment magazine? Oh, do they? Do they? <laughs> they can't so still send... read about the beers that you're drinking. They can't... No, no, no. Yes, no you're not, not going to say it, are you? There's an album. You're not, even, you're not going to tell me you get a snack as well, are you? Oh, you get a snack. You oh, get a snack from little nibbles, but go with your yeah. beer. Uh, in, the, so, in these terrible, terrible times, it's nice to have some bloody good news in it. It's an isolation care package. Precisely. All you've got to do is go to www.beer52.com slash kosh and get your first case of eight beers for a fiver. That's www.beer, the word, 52, the number, dot com, slash, kosh, C-O-S-H. That's why I don't go to London, me. Too much to There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Expensive for your pints, isn't it? Exactly. And you've got your box of beer landing on your doorstep every month, so why, why bother? Exactly. You don't need to, do you? You don't need to. So we're, we're on. He, he came in, and again, I'm, now I'm thinking, oh, what's going to happen here? We're five nil. We're, at, we're actually one nil down at half time, and we were winning. We were right here. <laughs> we could get back in this, and then it was it was five nil down at Bournemouth. Back then in League One, going down to Bournemouth was hard work. They were a really good footballing team, mm. and when that sun was out, nice pitch, you, you could get a chasing, and we got a chasing, five nil, and we walked back. What's going to happen? And and he said it was all silent. And no one said anything for about two or three minutes. And he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. 
We're going to get in the shower, get on that coach, get the beers in, and fuck off back to Burnley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, he, and he said, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, here we go, here we go. And he said, Brassy, you'll never take another throw in ever again for this club. Because what happened on the fifth goal, Brassy tried to, we were 4-0 down last minute. He tried to take a quick throw. He threw it across the pitch. It got cut out and Mark Steen went through and scored 5-0. So that was it. Okay, Brassy won't take a throw in. So we all get on the bus. Back in the old days, you all know it, Parky. The first thing you did, it was get on the yeah. coach, your fish and chips, and then where's the off license? Yeah. And a couple of the experienced boys would get off. What would you want? It was just, here you go. Yeah, load up the, the bag. <laughs> all all the, the beers. So um, now 5-0 is bad enough. But when you're down in Bournemouth, the furthest away trip, and it's, you've got a five, six-hour journey, now, you, now it's going to be a long one. So we set off. It's just all quiet. And then after a couple of hours, Stan comes down the bus. He pins, he pins us in. I, I always used to face... The, the wrong way of me, me back facing like the, the driver. So he comes up, he, he pins us all in, starts battering people, doesn't he? Yeah, he had had a he's, had, he, he's gone through two bottles of red wine. <laughs> yeah. Now he's starting on the Budweiser. <laughs> so he started battering people, midfield. How many goals you scored? None, yeah, midfield. And like battering Mark Ford, that used to play for Leeds, the youngster at Leeds. So start battering forward and he goes look what chance we've got one of our other centre halves we had a Scottish centre half called Brian Reid was wearing glasses he sat with Brassie at the back he said what chance have I got I've got a colour blind centre half and a blind centre half no wonder we're shipping him fucking five do you so, want like so no no just battering people <laughs> right so and then and then we had, I'm sat next to it, it was a player called John O'Kane we had, we had him from Man United he was a spaceman lovely lad an absolute spaceman he actually roomed us together and he said, you two are going to be playing on the right-hand side. He pulled us before we went on the Friday night. He actually pulled us on the Friday night before we went for the walk. And he said, I'm putting, he said, you two, wait, 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 wait here. And we thought, what have we done now? I was always, I was always <laughs> getting an excuse ready because I knew it was coming. He was either going to pull me in the office or pull me to one side, pull me in the hotel. So I'm ready for the excuse. And he said, no, look. He said, I'm going to play you right back, John. You two down that right hand side. It's going to be dangerous. So John O'Kane went, Yeah, Gaffer, it's going to be dangerous for me and Glenn. He went, Yeah, but I don't know who for. I saw them. Right, so so he's, he's, he started hammering John O'Kane, like, Man, United, I've got you from United. What's happened to you? I had you at Berry, you done really well. What's happened to you? Get your mum on the phone. And he's like, No, no, she's not in, Gaffer. Get your fucking mum on the phone. No, no don't ring my mum, Gaffer, right? So we get to Warwick Services and we had um, we had a goalkeeper made his debut, Paul Crichton. So he's on loan from West Brom, get back, drop him off at Warwick Services. Everyone, see you later, Crichton, see you Monday. And, and I had to turn around and say, yeah, good debut, Crichton. Next thing I know, he, he actually wrote this in his book stand and it was his best line there. <laughs> and then the Budweiser bottle comes over the top, whacks me on top of the head. I'm like, what? What are you doing? He goes, you wanker, Blakey. He said, I should have sold you while I had the chance. I think, oh, well, so now I'm... So we've still got another three hours to go. This, <laughs> I mean, so we get back. Now everyone's heard. People can't believe it. So, so he's throwing a bottle of bud yeah, at no, you. No, he whacked me over the head. I should <laughs> like, yeah, the bottle of bud. He was drinking it. And now he's just <laughs> whacked me over the top of the head. And his bad boy's a bottle. So but people have said to me, I can't believe it. What did you do? Like, I said I was just happy. It could have been worse. It could have been one of them red wine bottles. They were fucking twice the size, right? So 
we get back now it's now oh, what's happened now there's rumours in Burnley as well typical old school northern town I work in northern town can't keep anything a secret everyone knows everything yeah. so now it's got out this coach journey back so the next week I think we had um, we had Stoke I go up for a header and the centre back heads me in the back of the head and spits my head open I have five stitches so you can imagine now was the rumour mill was yeah. going round. Stan Turner, he's whacked Glenn over the head with his Budweiser bowl and he's had five Bust stitches. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but nothing ever come of it. But now, now in football, you do that, he's sacked and oh. I, I could maybe take him to court or whatever. But again, it was just, we had that relationship. He, that, <laughs> Sounds like a love that, it, it, was a, it was a love. He loved to hate me, Parky. But, <laughs> but on the flip side, he, he did love you as well. And the amount of times that, I'd have a game and it, it was always me. I was always the scapegoat and and playing on that side of the pitch where I was, I, I was always going to have one half <laughs> like with him playing on that right wing. I'm thinking just, is it going to be the first half or the second half? He's in my ear, in my ear. I had, I had sort of six years with Stan and then once I left, I, I went to Reading under Steve Coppel and I played and it took me about, I was into my first game and I thought 20 minutes gone, my first game for Reading under Steve Coppel it dawned on me I thought wait a minute I've not been shouted at once <laughs> this is nice I'm just playing my game here and I've just not had the constant because I used to get Blakey you've got five minutes I'm thinking we've only played two minutes I'm not even touched the ball yet and, and yet back, back, in, back in them days League One it, it was a battle and a scrap it, it was a grind yeah. like you get into the winter time the pitches were it weren't like they've got it now with these bowling greens especially <laughs> even championship was. pitches now the, the pitches are a million pounds didn't they even in the championship so a lot of the games you're stuck on the wing the wind's blowing it's, it's hard work to even get a touch you're living off scraps after time it's the opposition maybe shanking a ball to you and a ball to you it's coming to you you're hardly getting a decent pass the whole game so when you start a match and you got that in your ear you got five minutes and the thing is his record was we played um, the last game of the season we had Northampton away and he took Ali Pickering off after five minutes and that's a good and and um, was it a bad five? it, it was <laughs> well no, no, not really done the, the week before as well or the, the, the away game, we went to Stoke, Ali Pickering, he played for Stoke, it was a big game for him, his dad had just died, he hit one of the best goals I've ever seen on the pitch where I've been playing like live with someone. Yeah. He hit this 35-yard volley, it dropped out the sky, I thought it was just about bring it down. He's a right back, hardly, hardly scored a goal. So I'm thinking it got clear to him, I'm thinking bring it down and give it back to me and I'll cross it. And he hit it first time and I thought, I think, what is it? Oh, and it went in. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if you remember, do you remember Crouchy's goal where he, he took it on the chest? I was out at yeah. Stoke yeah. and Crouchy, it was like that. It, and you're thinking, oh, that's unbelievable. We were back in relegation. Well, his dad's died. He was back at Stoke. We won 4-1. Great away win. Stayed up the next week at home to Fulham. And then the last game, the pressure was off. Here we go. We can just enjoy it. Took picks off and then never got a contract. He was out of contract. But Lenny Jombo said, well, I have seen in eight minutes. He's broke the record. That Barry took some of the after eight minutes. So five, okay, he's beaten his record. So you always knew it could be the early one. So that's, that's what it was minutes. like. There's early and there's early. It was, yeah, it was the constant, yeah, just on my back. And and the... The, the time it finally got to me, the, the year we actually went up, we went to Luton and we got beat late 2-1, but we actually played really well. And then 
on the coach on the way back, he, he's dug me out my fault again. And I actually went home after the game. So I wasn't on the coach. But a couple of the experienced players, like Sir Steve Davis, I think Paul Cook, it was Mitchell Thomas, they all said, Gaffer, look, Glenn, you, just be careful. Uh, you've you've but, dug but, him out again. He's like the best player we got. And he's, I'd say I was young. It was strange how I'm saying. I was, I was the youngest in the team. I was probably 24. And I was the youngest in the team. That showed you an old, experienced yeah. team. So they said, look, Gaffer, and, and he was like, I know. And he actually rang me up that night. Yeah. And said sorry, I was out. Well, so and and then and then the next day, uh, so we're going training on the Monday, and oh, they all said to me, Glenn, I know, that, look, I know he's on your back, but it's because he cares, because he thinks you should be in the Premier League. He was always my biggest support as well. We'd always say, mm. how he's in League One, he say how he's in League One, it's ridiculous. He's he's better than like, half the players in the Premier League, and the things he can do, the way he plays. And so did you that, see that's what it was. Uh, no, no, I did because he'd say it things because, because the he's, he's uh, what was it? Um, Port Vale in in his first season when we were actually struggling, Port Vale sold Gareth Ainsworth for two million. Port Vale were a championship team, and it's strange how football changes, doesn't it? Port Vale were in the championship, Burnley struggling in League One, but um, they sold Gareth Ainsworth to Wimbledon for um, two million and thought. We'll just get Glenn Littlewin for the right-hand side yeah. for one million. So they, they bid one million and he told me, he said they put a bid in for one million, but I wasn't exactly delighted because I thought, well, it's Paul Val, they'll probably come back down and Burnley's a bigger club. Mm. So, but he just said, you're not going. He said, two million for Gareth Hainsworth. He said, if he's two million, you're four million. So it always say things like yeah. that. So... Plus yeah, he's, so he's, that, that's before he even got to the club, he's, he's offered you a new contract as well. Yeah, so you must yeah. in the back of your head, you yeah, must have known, even though so he's digging us Barry out. Yeah. To, to, to play, like yeah. I said, I couldn't get in a championship, a struggling league one side. He's, he's trying to take me to the to the championship. So I think we, yeah, have, actually, I think was, we have actually skimmed over here the fact that the manager has hit the right winger over the head with a bottle of Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and, gone, I think and, that's sort of gone under the radar. I weren't bothered. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, yeah. And to me, it was all part and parcel of playing for Stan. But, but that wasn't the only time. But an, another time, this was when we, we'd had a promotion and we were doing really well. I think we were about third, first season in the Championship. So we're overachieving massively. Just had a really good win away. Friday night game at Tranmere, 1-3-2. And... We're having a training, we're in the gym, went on, session dragged on and on and on. And it got to the end, someone just ran and I let them go. And it was right at the end of a game. I think we were 2-0 down, round robin, five aside. We're 2-0 down, last 30 seconds, bottom through and scored anyway. So I thought, we can't, well, we lost anyway, we'll be off. <laughs> and, and, he, and, then, and he said, stop, 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 stop. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? I went, what? He went, you let him run and... I said, well, we're off, we've lost, haven't we? And he went, fuck. And, and I said, I'm knackered. I think I said, I'm knackered as well. I've been in here for two hours in this gym. And, and he went, fucking knackered. He said, fuck off. So he sent me out the gym and I didn't realise. But as I opened the gym door, it was 100 mile an hour wind and rain up in Burnley, which was every day, practically, <laughs> pretty much so, yeah. So the doors flew open, crashed open, and I'm walking across the car park so I get halfway across the car park and John Mullin comes running out. He says, yeah, Blake, he, he wants you back in. <laughs> <laughs> so I turn around, like, I'm soaked, like, rain's coming, wind's blowing. And as I'm walking back, all of a sudden, he comes out the door. So I'm right, here goes, his face is, like, he's fuming. 
So I'm walking back, walking back. And as I get to him, I know what's coming here. Here we go. And he's giving me the right hook. And as I walk past him, <laughs> I, I've just sort of blocked it. And I've sort of caught it on the top of my hand. And, and then he sort of grabbed me and we've fallen back through the doors. And I think it was like Cookie and Kevin Ball. They've come running over grabbed him and he's like you lanky piece of piss I'll fucking do you and he's, he's trying to kick me like, around him and he's like trying to boot me I'm, I'm half trying not to laugh I'm thinking what's he doing he goes fucking get out the other door so I walk across the gym and I think he, like, he, he tried to say I kicked open the doors I never I just opened the door but the wind and rain so, so I'm okay I walk out the door so I go out the other gym door back I'm sat in the dressing room waiting so then they all come in so the experienced players all come in come on Glenn go and have a word of him he sat up in the laundry used to sit in the laundry just look we're going well we don't need this to, to sort of get, get in away just go and say you're sorry I'm easy going don't, don't give a fuck about anything okay fair enough I, even though it's not my fault okay so I walk in I said Gaffer one of them things get on with it yeah uh, Everything's all right. He went, fuck off. You, you never play for the club again. <laughs> now, 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 considering he said that to me about four times, and I've been there four years. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. So I, I said to the boys, I, I've done it, I tried. He, he's not happy. So <laughs> it seems like it was so boxed under Sam, the line. So Sam, he's assistant. I don't know what you do to him, but you wind him up. <laughs> he said, he wants you running this afternoon. Okay. So we go out round the pitch. So we go for the jog. Me and Sam run. He goes, I don't want to run you. He says, but I don't see a way back for you. He said, I think you're finished. So, okay. Now, I sort of won't bother because I'm thinking, well, someone going to take me tomorrow. I'm not, give, uh, I'm not I'm giving it well the big one, but yeah. I am giving it the big one because yeah. I'm thinking, fair enough, I won't play. I think I've uh, plenty of takers. We, we've come into the championship. We're flying. Okay. So he said, but you do, you do wind him up, you do things, you shouldn't have said that. I said, no, I said, at the end of the day, I said, but like, I'm not having anyone hit me. <laughs> and he went, no, he never, he never hit you. I went, yes, he did. He, and he went, oh, I never saw that, I never saw that. And I went, well, I'm not going to lie, am I? Because I said, at the end of it, I'm not bothered. I said, but he's hit me. <laughs> okay, okay. He goes, well, don't run, don't run. So we went in. So I go home. Two hours later, I get a phone call. News of the world. Glenn, we've heard that Stan Turns hit you. Is, is that true? Would you like to make a comment? And, and I just said, no. I said, no, look, nothing, nothing to tell. I said, things happen in football. Like, like I said, I'm thinking this is from my days at Palace. Yeah. Th these things happen. So I just thought, no, no, no story to tell. We go in the next day, don't we? No one says nothing. We're all in the dressing room at training. And Sam come in, we're going for a walk. And we used to do this a lot at Burnley. It was called this factory walk. A lot of the times, the training ground was so heavy back in them days. So we just come out, we go for a walk. He set off first. The gaff, he's 30 yards ahead of everyone. Set off with a couple of his, uh, his assistants. We were walking. He still hasn't said nothing to me. And then um, as, as we walked around, it, it used to take about half an hour, this walk. Some bit, bit longer. It would have taken you probably about 40 minutes. Probably. <laughs> but, but yeah, me and Robbie Blake used to be out the back, about 20 <laughs> yards behind everyone, yeah. So um, we finally get back to training ground. He went, right, come on in, we go. He said, yeah, I apologise. Yeah, oh, no, he never apologised. He said, yeah, Glenn, he said, he could have had me up. He said, he could have like, sort of told the chairman, I'd have been sacked on the garden leave. He said, I'm not bothered in, in, in my house. I'd have gone back doing my garden. I'm not bothered. But yeah, he said, but if I find out who grasped, that I'll kneecap you. 
because he said we got like the mole he said if there's that grass he said if I find out who it is I kneecap you so I don't know who it was who, who was the I one was who, who grasped but and then he went and then he said Some, if you want to stay here do some finishing you get on with it the rest of you go go in and have your shower so and then that was it and he said you're up like and I went yeah alright Gaffer and I went in and I said it's, that's the best of apology as, as you could have got yeah, yeah. but what I heard was that there was a woman who worked at the club in the offices up, up the stairs she was in her car and she she was having her lunch but she didn't get out because it was raining so she just thought, oh, I'm not going to get out of my car. It's lashing down. I just eat my sandwich in it. She's in the car, seen him hit me in a car park. <laughs> oh. So his words obviously got back that, no, he has been seen. Someone at the club seen him hit me. He, had, he didn't have a leg to stand on and and that was it. But again, it's brave man to sack him because he, he ran the club. Even yeah. the chairman was, and what. the directors, he bullied him. How did he know that? the news of the world had been in touch with you and you hadn't said anything well I don't know it's just it was just that I, I don't even know if he ever knew what could have happened I, I, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it I could have got him sacked two or three times if I would have wanted to and if I'd have been one of them players a bit of a grass myself but to me it was just you no know, football things happen I was a tough character myself even though Oh, they, they used to say that the Northerners will send those Southern softies down the M6. <laughs> Whenever we played the Southern team, we used to have the meeting on the Friday, we'll send them Southern softies back down the M6. And I used to think, we'll have one of them Southern softies. But, <laughs> but I, I was always that, that strong mentally. I, I could handle stuff and nothing bothered me. I could just put it to one side, get on with it. But if, if I wanted to, it was just the chairman. Like I said, they, they, they were so scared of him. Well, one of the directors once, we, we come in and then um, we we had to train before we left because the training ground, once the weather was up in Burnley, you look at the training grounds now and I think that what we, where we were trying to get places trained, you're going to train and you're just training, trying to get somewhere here, there and everywhere because of the weather, it was either the snow, it was either the rain or the frost, pitches were rock hard. So we had the undersoil eating at the ground. So we went in on a Friday, we're leaving for the, for the game. So Stan said, we'll come in, we'll do the teamwork, go through the shape on the pitch on the Friday and leave on the coach. So we get there, they haven't put the undersoil eating on for him, right? So now we can't, we've got to walk through our trainers. The pitch is like a skating rink, so we can't work on it. So we get on the coach, chairman's great. there, director's there. He's come on and, and the, the director, Mr. Holt, his name was, he went, but Stan, he said it costs money, to, it costs £300 and <laughs> to keep the undersoil eating on. He said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and and he, he battered this director. We're all laughing, here he goes, because we know it's coming. We think, whoever ain't put undersoil eating on is getting it. He get, for five minutes, he battered this director, director shitting himself, chairman next to the director, looking out the window, not making, <laughs> not, not, not thinking, I'm not getting involved in this, I don't want to help Mr. Holt out. And, <laughs> and, and it was just everyone feared him at the club it, it, nowadays the way the clubs are the, the manager he just does the team doesn't he where Stanley done the whole lot in the yeah. offices the, the girls in the offices the accountant he had to make sure the secretary had to make sure she was doing her job he just ran the old club did he sort the contract out and it was just yeah, players contract yeah the, well the, when um, the, the season we were top of the league at the championship one of my best seasons we, we, were, we were going really well 
top league, winning games, scoring lots of goals. We, we had four or five just great games away from home, 3-2. We went to Birmingham, won 3-2. Bradford, 3-2. Went to Preston in the Derby, 3-2. Went to Comptry. Again, these were big teams in the championship yeah. there. And like, just been in the Premier League and we were just Burnley and bit sort of ragtag and bobtails, really, turning up and having these great games and top of the league. And Man City bid five million under Kevin Keegan, but they were fourth. They were about seven, eight points behind us, I think. For you? Yeah, so they put a five million bid in so he so called, quite he, he called them to the office. Yeah, yeah. they put five million. In yeah, it was well back then. I'm thinking, what was? I suppose it was quite big. What was that? Two thousand. So for the championship as well. Fucking hell! So, hell of a bid. So yeah. So but we were top, and I still had over sort of a year and a half left on the on the contract. And and he just he called me in, and and with my wife as well. He said. You and Sarah come down the office. Ah, oh. he's not going to turn. No, no. I, I was like, are you sure I'm, I'm allowed to bring her? Gaffer? Yeah, no, bring her. So we go down the office. We sat there. He's with the chairman, and the chairman sat sat there. He's in the chair. He said, we sat on the sofa, and he said, "Is is the job?" He said, "Manchester City have bid five million quid." He said, "But you're not going anywhere." He said. We're going to double your contract, like free your deal, double your contract. There you go. Yeah, you're happy with that? So, again, you talk about regrets. <laughs> and now, now I probably look back, probably should have gone. The Manchester Big Club under Kevin Keegan and they had, would they have Huckabee, Goater up front, they had that, Berkovic, Ben... Ben Benabia. Benabia, whatever, in midfield. Even though, like I said, we were top of the league and flying. Now, now you do look back. Maybe that was a mistake. Should have gone. But that, that's football. You, you make decisions. But again, could I have been brave enough to tell Stan? No, Stan. <laughs> uh, uh, you either tell me or I'm not playing or, or whatever. Nowadays, players are a bit braver. But when you're sat in the office with Stan, and I just went and they were doubling my mind. I was happy at Burnley. I loved it. A great bunch of lads. I was part of the furniture. Just thought, great place to play. So I, I didn't even say anything. I went, okay. And he said, there you go, chairman, get it done. And the chairman went, uh, I don't know, Stan. And he went, <laughs> so we said, and no, he went, yeah, so, so, no, so, so the chairman went, I don't know, Stan. He went, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Like, get it done. And, and, and I'm, so I'm looking at the chairman. He, he never said nothing. And then there was just, it was all went quiet. So I, th I didn't really know what to say because it was all a bit of a shock as well. Because <laughs> usually, <laughs> but, but the, the thing is, nowadays it's your agent. You would always ring you, wouldn't you, and say, yeah. "Look, Man City put a bid in. This is that." But then I'm just thought I've just been called down one afternoon, <laughs> and then just like that, five million. I'm going to double my money, three year deal. So yeah, then and then in the end, Stan went, "Okay, chairman, sell him." And he went, "I ain't doing that, Stan." The <laughs> We became mental. He went, we'll fucking get the job done. And he went, okay, Stan. And then, that was it. And then, okay. And then I, I walked out. And I thought, why did my missus have to be there for that? I'm not really sure why she was there. But, and then we just got in the car and, and drove home. <laughs> yeah. And then my missus said, so you're doubling your money, are you? I went, yeah, it looks like it, yeah. What are you on now? I, I don't know, because there's bonuses and, and goals, appearance money, but yeah. So that, so that was it. He just, he just, he just, just like I said, ruled the club. But 
in in fairness, the chairman, when he first came in, it wasn't the chairman who appointed Stan. A new chairman came in. The the first year we struggled with Stan, he he came in about would it have been Christmas time? The new chairman. Yeah, and, and we spent a bit of money. We signed um your old manager. The Penguin, Mickey Mellon. Oh, yeah. We, uh, from Blackpool. I think Mickey come in for a couple of hundred grand. We signed Lenny Jones from his old club, Burnley. We brought Steve Davis, who, who was a really good player. He'd done well at Burnley before, done really well at Luton. We got Steve back. That was a great signing. But even though we signed these players and s- spent money, we still lost games. We, we weren't really doing well, and it still looked like we could go down. And we, we went to... Um, I know we were at home. We, we played Gillingham at home. And we were four 0 down at half time. We get in there, and he said, "What are you doing?" So we all sat there. I, I was actually sub. He said, "Blake, you're coming on." I went, "Okay." And and then what are you doing? And so everyone's like, "What do you mean? What are we doing? We say, what are you going to say?" <laughs> he said, "Go and fuck off. Get out. You go." Okay. And so we just all were on the pitch for 15 minutes. The crowd like hammering you. <laughs> Everyone just stood, just <laughs> talking. And yeah, well, we only got beat 5 0. <laughs> so that might have worked. Today, I only lost the second half one. Whether I come on made that difference, <laughs> I don't know. But there was a player, I think he got all five. Bob Taylor, his name was centre forward for Jim. West Brom. West Brom. Yeah, Brom yeah, he got all five, I think. So yeah, we're, he only scored about eight all season. Against us. So. <laughs> So we come in, and um, so even these new signings hadn't worked. And we come in, so Stan, like, what, what's going to happen? Uh, um, I think it was either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, midweek, we had Man City at home. Now Man City flying, pushing for promotion. And he goes on the radio, Stan, uh, it's not looking good, and now you've got Man City up. He said, no, trust me. He said, I guarantee this. It'll be a full house. 20,000, there'll be 5,000 Man City fans. Yeah, I guarantee it won't be five against Man City. And and he was right, it was six. <laughs> and, and the last, the, the, the last sort of 20 minutes, he just kept running through and scoring. We kept going through, we ended up with four or five up front and we'd have an attack, they'd break and score. It was like, I think the last three goals were just replicas, a one-yard tapping for Gareth Taylor and Sean Goat on the back post, one, just walking the ball into the net. Got beat 6-0. So now, there was, a, there was a few of us, about four or five, went back to my house after the game, had a few drinks and we were all talking and we thought, you've got to get the sack after that you lose back to back games you're struggling anyway you've made signings spent a bit of money spent over a million quid five six back to back and he went down the pub with the chairman and we heard he just said chairman back me or sack me sort of thing and fair play the chairman again probably scared (laughs) <laughs> I went, well, I'll give him a lot of credit I don't know but he was probably scared he might he might get battered if he sat stand but he stuck with him and then we had a run I think unbeaten the last 11 games and then it, it come together and then we stayed up did anything change and then well, yeah well yeah well, well, well we just well no uh, maybe a couple of maybe another couple of signings Paul Cook Tom Cowan come in and and did then it says no, no not really no it was just that the it, it was just we got a couple of results and, and like I said it all, all came together and then we went the 11 unbeaten stayed up 
And then we thought, oh, okay, we're 11 unbeaten. Now we've spent this money. The new signings maybe settled in next season. We'll be up there. And we went up that next season. So Stan, he always said, there's a cancer in the club. And the only way you get rid of cancer, you've got to kill it all. And it took him the two years and we went up. So it's like the one year of struggle and just, yeah, getting rid of all all, all the... And it was hard going, like I said, a lot of ups and downs and uh, a lot of scraps along the way. (laughs) Sounds like it. But ended up going up. uh, But the, the thing was, the amount of times he resigned... You'd come in every week and, oh, he's resigned. He's cleared his <laughs> office out. People are, people are seen taking his chair and his desk outside the front of the ground, putting, loading it up. He's, what is he's and, 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 yeah, he's God's not here at training today, but do training. And we're like, okay, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. But very loyal to his players as well. Yeah. And, and the flip side is that he, he did care as well. He, he cared about, yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> When we had a game, I got knocked out of the game uh, against Norwich. Uh, I, I went up for Edda, woke up in hospital. All of a sudden, I'm, look, look what's, what's going on here? And, and the nurse, uh, yeah, okay, Glenn, just lie still. You're just having a, a CT scan, see if everything's okay. Uh, is it okay if I can have your shirt? Uh, yeah, yeah, just let me do this. Yeah. Just, just check if I got brain damage, and then I sort out my shirt. Yeah, I'll sign it for you. Yeah. So, um, so at that time, for some reason, I, we were playing Norwich, but I thought we were playing Rotherham. I'd said, yeah, was it Rotherham two one? It was like no, we were one 0 up against Norwich when I come off. But but I, I woke up the next morning. It was, it was about half nine Sunday morning. I was up early, so so I go down the stairs. I can hear sort of voices in the kitchen. Half nine, Sunday morning, and then my wife's talking, and I hear these voices. And I walk in, it's it's the gaffer and the doc. He's brought the doc round. Are you all right? And now, what manager would yeah. do that? Mm. Turn up at, at your house Sunday morning with a doc. The doc probably weren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stand dragging me round on Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> got better things to do than go around and see if he's all right. And but I got to do it, and and and, and that's what it was like. And, and it was a bad and yet the first time he ever came round my house was yeah well uh, well this was the first time it ever happened that, that I actually believed it could happen was I'd come off against Wigan and we went out that night and now when you're getting at four in the morning well, got a bit got to be up at t- treatment got to be in for nine come off bad ankle got the whack on the ankle nah ballooned up nah Fuck that. I'm not getting up. <laughs> Can't be bothered to get up. No, I'm sleeping too tired. Next thing I know, half nine, I'm getting a boom, 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 boom on the door. So I wake up. I, what's, who's that? So I go to the window. And I, I look round the curtain, then I, oh, he's on the driveway. I think, oh, what's, he, what's he doing? So now I'm, I'm shitting myself. I just, I'm going to hide. Hide. <laughs> So I can hear it. Blue, you in there? He's shouting for the letterbox. I'm just hiding in the bedroom. <laughs> thinking, don't answer, don't answer, right? So he's there for 15 minutes, not going, oh, you're in there. Yeah, fucking answer this door. No, no, I'm not answering, not answering. <laughs> so I just leave it. He goes, I'm looking again. Finally gets in his car. He goes, I think, thank God for that. <clears throat> 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Andy Payton. He said, Glenn, he said, did you go in for treatment this morning? I went, nah, Pates. He went, you won't believe this. He said, the gaffer's knocking at my door. <laughs> I went, I don't believe it. I said, it was knocking at mine half hour ago. 
And then he went, what did he say? I said, I don't know, I'm hiding in the bedroom. <laughs> I came in the next day for training and I'm thinking I've got to train. Oh my God, there's no way I can sort of mistrain. Yeah. I'm hobbling in, uh, ballooned up the ankle and I'm hobbling in and he's like, he's waiting for me. He said, Blakey, you better be fucking training. I went, yeah, Gaffer, I'm fine. Just, just the whack on the ankle. I'll be all right. Yeah, it's getting through it. But, but that, oh, that, so that was the, the time when you could turn up at, turn up at your house <laughs> yeah. so he, he, he was he was uh, the, the manager that uh, you knew he's crazy and there was something happening every week and it could have been anyone as well a lot of the time it, it was me but it, it could be anyone you never knew when it was going to happen but the amount of players who left and we'd play them like later on in the season and you'd chat to them before a game how are you getting on and, and they'd all said the same thing I'd walk back and play for Stan tomorrow. Yeah. And and that's, so old, that's the, the, yeah, that was the aura of him, the genius of it all, the, like the mad genius. And it's a bit like Brian Clough-esque really, isn't and it? And it was just, it, yeah, it was just, but like I said, it just the players, it, it, it was that love, he cared about, yeah, loyal as well. Yeah. And the amount of people that would still sort of in touch with him, go yeah. round, if ever I go back in Burnley, last time I was there, last summer, you go round the house, the answer door loves it and you'll be there chatting for hours about the stories about things that we didn't know, know that <laughs> with that moment Germany so this would have happened and it was 8 and, million and that happened. it was yeah. 8 million yeah. months since you been and, and the chairman would have trebled your money not double it <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have known that at the time but that, that, that was it it was just you go around there and, and you'd, it, it was just that, that relationship you had no, like nothing in football and I left and then after that I played three or four managers then no, no one was like it. Nothing the same. Nothing. We've and like, and nowadays you, you wouldn't be able to do it. Nowadays speak, it wouldn't, wouldn't a lot, happen. A lot of managers get mentioned on here, and we've got a list, haven't we? Mm -hmm. He's straight in. He's straight top in. three. He's just yeah, he just made straight it. in at the top three. We've got Holloway and yeah, and 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 what what happens as well? Look wherever he went, he did well, really. Yeah. And and it was unfashionable clubs. It wasn't as if he had all the money to spend, and he. Well. He, it was just, just I don't know how we did it because it, it shouldn't have worked really. The team we had at Burnley, when you you see so many ages, people were let go from championship clubs, not good enough. Five years later, they were top of the championship at 35, <laughs> 36 years of age. And, and yet they were like rejects with other managers, take bad apples in. And with other managers, wouldn't have had the time of day for. Yeah. No, he's a bad apple. Stan gets him in. And he just knew how, to, knew how to put it all together. Yeah. You weren't playing when that happened at Sheffield United, were you? When he... Yeah, but, well, no, I, I weren't playing. I was there. I was up watching in uh, the boxes. And how it happened, there was about five of us injured. But because it was the end of the season and we needed to win to, to get in the playoffs. So he took everyone. All the old squad went. But we think, where are we going to sit? Luckily, Ronnie Jepson knew Neil Warnock. He played for Warnock a few times. So Jeppo says, right boys, Warnock's got us in the box, the other side of the pitch. Oh, that's good, Jeppo. So we're up in the box. Half time, Jeppo gets a phone call. What's that? Who's that? It's Ange, the, the PA for Stan. You and Lenny have got to come over. Huh? Okay. So him and Lenny go over. So we don't know what's happened. End of the game, we go over. Gaffer got like the, the split. I think, well, I don't know if his lip split or his eye was... Was up, we come, what, what happened there? Jeppo said, yeah, him and Kevin Blackwell. We said, are you right, Gaffer? And yeah, but you see, yeah, wait till you see the other guy. <laughs> Kevin Blackwell comes out doing his hair. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, okay, Gaffer, what happened there? 
But what they used to have at Sheffield United was the fire exit. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know what happened because like I said I weren't there. But what we heard, they used to send someone round from their dressing room, listen at the fire exit to your team talk, your tactics. Yeah. Now, Stan, he reckons he booted the the fire exit open. He knew what, what, was, what going was going on, on and him and Kevin Blackwell. But for, for some reason, no one ever knows why, him and Neil Warnock never got on. Now, you would look at them and say they are quite that similar, the old school, don't know how they do it, but they do do a good job. And um, But they never got on. So it was always us and Sheffield United. You never really thought between the clubs. Yeah. But right, as players, it was like, this is, this is a big game. They never shook hands and... Like, Stan hated him. I don't know. I honestly don't know where it come from, but we all knew it. He hated Neil Warnock. So whenever we played him, it, okay, it's Stan, Neil Warnock, Neil, yeah. it's uh, Sheffield United. We never knew where it come from. But that was my, that, my full debut were away at Sheffield United. And, you know, Derek Fazakerley? Yeah. He did in England with Keegan, didn't he? Yeah. So we've gone in, we've sat down, and just as Nigel Spatman's about to speak, and Faz went, just wait, wait on a minute and he's gone and he's fucking booted the fire door bang smashed against the thing I'm like what the fuck is this what is this what normally happens <laughs> no, luckily no one will be behind no, no. you know when you say yeah, it when that, you hear, were they doing it I, I don't know later, later on when I was at Reading they spoke about it as well at, at Reading when we played Sheffield yeah. and they'd say about someone standing there. I think actually I think at Reading we left it open come to think that there was a game we oh, just said nah Leave it open. Yeah. Don't care about whether they're listening. No, no one's standing there. We'll see. Yeah. If he must be able to handle himself then, Blackwell. And it was there. Well, yeah, don't know. But but I, I didn't see it. So I don't know whatever happened. I'm just turned up at yeah. the end of the game. What? what when I'm there? Had they, sent, had they asked for you and, and yeah, Lenny Je- to come? Lenny in. and Jeppo to sort it out half time where it kicked <laughs> off so he wants his bodyguards in. I don't know why he never wanted me over there. <laughs> yeah, I never got to shout. Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, Ange, get Jepo and Lenny. Tell Glenn and Weller. I think it was Paul Weller said to me, yeah, they can stay. Yeah, they, them two aren't much use. But, <laughs> but that, that um, the, the another time uh, as well with, with David May was when he headbutted David May. The Manuel Centre. Yeah, Manuel, we brought David May on and it all kicked off. We were training, never knew what happened. Turned around, what's happened here? And he, he told Maisie to fuck off. There you go. <laughs> Maisie's walking off. Well, what, what, what's all this about? What happened? So then Maisie's halfway across the training ground and then we hear Stan shout out. So then we carried on. Okay, carried on. Then we hear Stan shout out, go on, fuck off back to United Reserves. <laughs> and then so Maisie's turned around. So then we all stop again. Here we go. <laughs> then they both, like, Stan marches over. Again, you know what's coming. Here we go. And he, he headbutted Maisie. Maisie never done nothing. He just took the headbutt, okay. Just in shock. And then, yeah, and then we got in at the dressing room. Maisie, and he's getting his bags. No, that's it. I'm not playing for this club again. You won't see me ever again. Oh, okay, Maisie. Uh, see you later, mate. Off he went. Never never to be seen again. No, he was there next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we walk in, and he's the first one in the dressing room, Maisie. So we all walk in, and... I thought you weren't playing ever again, Maisie. <laughs> he went, no, nah, Stan rang me last night. He's made me captain. <laughs> uh, okay, then. Yeah, yeah. Got, got the headbutt, made captain. There was a few wishing they got the headbutt. Oh, I wish he'd have headbutted me and made me skip, eh? Uh, oh, Champions oh. League winner with Al, you know. I know, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. So we had the Fergie air dryer. Yeah, David Mays had the Fergie air dryer and... 
the, the turn it head back. Turn Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.